Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to episode 30. Today we are going to be talking to Brandon. He's a relatively new pilot and he had his first major boo-boo where the prop exploded. So today we're gonna to be talking about what happened and how to avoid such a thing in the future. And of course, if you are a new paramotor pilot, don't worry, this does happen. And well, hopefully if you listen to this podcast, it won't happen to you. If you want to watch this live and ask us a question, you can always get us at clearproptv.com, which we will actually stream this live every Monday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. I think I said that right. And if you want to actually be a guest, just let me know at ppggrandpa at gmail.com. Just email me. We also have the audio version, which is what you're listening to right now at paratalk.org. Anyway, this is a really awesome episode. I have done a couple of these episodes where we record our pre-show. Our pre-show is not public, but I have heard that a lot of people enjoy the pre-show part. So this is the candid part. If you don't want to hear this, just go ahead and go forward about 30 minutes or so. And we'll be actually at the show itself. A lot of interesting things we talk about in the pre-show. So hope that you like this. If you do like this, let me know. If not, let me, to let me know also. And the majority wins. Enjoy this with Brandon and the gang on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast. I'm, I'm so exhausted from that long trip back from Florida. I'm sure. Got to bump up those vitamins or something, Sean. Uh, I need to really, really <laughs> bad. I really do. How do you pronounce uh, your last name, Brandon? Rucci. So if that, if you could, I don't know. Okay. Ru R O O C H dash E. Rucci. Okay. Okay. That's that to be confused with a roofie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, huh? <laughs> Did someone Brandon Rucci me or something? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. So you got your you, you so you so you got another prop where you repaired your um your prop. That prop was totally destroyed. I have a carbon fiber one that actually came in the other day. Um, now all I'm waiting for is a small grommet for the air box. Uh -huh. That was supposed to be in yesterday. I went actually to go in hopes to fly yesterday, but. That grommet didn't come in, and the weather was looking pretty crappy. So, mm. sadly, no flying yesterday. Yeah, sadly, no flying for me either. Um, of course, this is like a, the the best day to go flying this week because we've got those hurricanes coming in, and I won't be able to fly the rest of the week. It always seems like Mondays are great days to fly, so I'm going to find a way of doing this uh, from the air. <laughs> That'd be sweet. One of these days. One of these days. There you go. Yeah, you'll do it. With all that technology out there and the, the GoPros and everything else in, it's awesome. I'm following all those videos. And oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. All you need is a stable internet connection. Yeah, good luck with that one when you're flying in the air, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, not that high up, but if you're out in the boonies, you might have a little trouble. That is true. Uh, when did you start um, flying? 
back in July of last year was my first flight. Cool. Congratulations. Mine was um, very new. Mine was November, so Okay. In July was my first tandem, and then uh, November I did my first solo. So how many? I flights guess all in all, I, I guess we both been flying about since July. Then well, I'll say July because <laughs> I flew in July. It was a tandem. How many flights but, do you have? Because it seems like you've been flying like way more than me. <laughs> I fly every morning and night and weekend that's possible. Um, I get about twenty hours a week or so flying. So I have to do a 40 hour uh, maintenance every two weeks and an 80 hour, we, uh, eight hour, 80 hour maintenance every month and a hundred hour maintenance um, that, that fifth month I, or that fifth week I go fly. I go through about five gallons of gas a day. Jeez. Like, like, everybody else. like everybody else, right? I mean, you know. I mean, I wish I could do that, but the winds just don't allow where I'm at. They're really never in our favor. Winds aren't always in my favor either. I that's why I've been taking all these SIV courses to really know my wing. And that this last SIV course I just went to, um, which is the whole reason why I've been driving for two thousand miles, is uh, to to learn this wing. And um, I'm very comfortable on this wing. So um, midday midday I do a lot of midday flying. Okay. As long as the winds don't gust more than 10. Sure. What does it cost to do an SIV course like that? I feel like it's got to be a little bit expensive, no? About 400 bucks a day. Okay. And so how many days have you gone? Um, I did two days about three months ago, and I did one day um, this last weekend on Saturday. Okay. And then I see, like, you got to practice, like, pulling your reserve and everything, right? Oh, you know it. That's, so, that's that's the fun part about it. What does a day look like in the course? What What's everything you're going over? I know you've made like a couple videos on it. Yeah. I, I did a 48, almost 50 minute uh, documentary on a, on the two day uh, SIV course, try to give you an idea of what it's all about. And then Shane and I last, uh, the, the last day there, I was at that, night saturday night i think we did like a 50 minute podcast an audio podcast just on uh, paratalk.org and uh, we talked about you know what to expect and it's it's a lot more physically demanding than one would think it's uh especially like during during midday it is hot and uh hey kevin i see you um Kevin in the house. Kevin in the house. So yeah, Kevin it's, it's Kevin. That's the man right there. <laughs> I just like this. I like listening to other people talk about SIV. It's always fun. Oh, nice hair, Kevin. Yeah, look at you. Look yeah. at you. You're you're almost human looking. Well, it's growing. Now that you did, now that you did that, now now not so much human. Oh, so, like. So I <laughs> Yeah, there we go. I got that 1990s thing going pretty hard. <laughs> you got to throw some gel on there or something. Spike it. back and there you go. Just spike yeah. it. Do, do it full <laughs> hard. I, I could go back to like my, my punk rock days and just send it straight up. That's funny. You, do that. you, you do. You have to do that sometimes. Yeah, that's funny. 
Yo, Elmer's blue, Elmer's blue egg whites and mom's fucking ironing board where she comes and beats your, comes and beats your ass when she finds out what you did. <laughs> you did not do that. <laughs> yeah, dude, we used to we used to roll out wax paper on the cutting board, lay your head out flat so I could get my hair out straight. <laughs> oh, I believe that. That's hilarious. See, Brandon, I told you our show was just like, you know, I just hang out with the guys. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be one of them. Dude, I was, a, I was a professional dirt bike rider. I had to go around the world looking and acting like one. <laughs> oh, that's gotta be sweet. There you go. There you go. Back, back in the days before backflip was even a thing. Oh, God. I know. Good back up. Jeez. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Are we, are we like live right now, or is this just like the pre show thing? This is our pre show. We're going to go live in oh. about 20 minutes. Hopefully, oh. we'll get, um, we'll get the right. rest of the gang here. We'll get the, get the, the hay waller and see. See if I yeah. can text everybody. Make sure they get on. Make sure they remember. Yeah. We already know what's going on with Brian. He's cooking the chicken. Yep, 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 yep. Barbecue went down, so, yeah. We know all about that. So, uh, <clears throat> my, oh, yeah, flying, yes, my, my flying buddy got a new wing yesterday he went from a 26 meter ozone swift paragliding wing to a 19 meter speedster and it bit him <laughs> oh i'm sure he was trying when, to be all cool well he, he i tried to explain to him so i i offered to him i said come and fly my spider for a couple of flights before you decide to downsize because i mean he's going from a 26 meter down to a 24 meter so i said try that see how it feels because in his mind and this is one of those things i got i get some students that just don't seem to understand this sport isn't about going fast it's about going slow uh -huh. it's about being able to fly five feet off the ground at 20 miles an hour and see things do things hop over fences and trees like your brain sees it you know what i mean like grand theft auto kind of where you're just like <laughs> oh look at that field you're like let's go fuck that field up a minute and these guys have the wrong idea where they're thinking like oh well if i'm like tucker and i fly around on like a 16 meter i'll be fast right well what they fail to realize is when you try to take off or land a, anything smaller than about a 20 meter wing it takes every ounce of perfect technique you can find. Yeah. Your your lean back angle has to be correct. Your brake pressure has to be correct. The wing has to be stable and up over your head. And then you have to run faster than you think you can actually make your feet go before you can get off the ground. But equally, when you land, you also have that same speed coming in. So you really have to be a master of the finesse art and in managing the energy and when he came in to land he came in super fast 
And as soon as he touched down, he touched down with his right foot into a gopher hole. Oh, is that the one that I saw? Okay, I just read about that. Is there a video on that? Because I just either saw that or I didn't see the video, but I saw something on that. I just read it. Yeah, I heard it too. Um, He hasn't sent me the video yet, but I'm pretty sure based on the condition of the wing that I got, (laughs) I got pretty pretty good idea of how good the landing was. I, I had to go to the airport today and pick up his car and tie down his motor and bring oh, all of his no. stuff in. And surprisingly, he didn't he didn't actually damage the motor at all. He didn't tear up the cage. He didn't tear up the prop. He didn't tear up the paramotor at all. It just tore him up. <laughs> That's his ankle. Yeah, so, so I, he, as, as, as I like to make the jokes, you know, Brian is our, our hey guy, and then <laughs> and and now he doesn't mean he's gay. That just means he hit a hey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and now my my buddy he he's he's the guy who has whole landings. That's gotta hurt. That's bad. Oh, so. it. It busted him off. I mean, it's very, very similar to Brian's injury because he's telling me he's laying there next to the runway and he can rotate his leg left and right, but his uh-huh. foot just stays in one place. He can actually feel inside his leg where the bones are rotating separate from the foot. Uh, I was like, yep, yeah, been there, done that one before. Yeah, no, that was like when I actually broke my uh, arm. I broke it in such a weird spot, like right around here right in the middle there and when I first fell down I went for like a big jump and I just completely like lost in the air I fell down and then I'm trying to get back up and I'm looking looking at my coat and my arms just staying there I'm trying to get up and so I tried moving my arm and I see part of my jacket just this front top and the rest of it's just staying there I'm like well right. we got a problem yep that's yeah, pretty rough so he gave me his wing for an inspection to figure out why he was having trouble with it. And the very first thing I noticed was it had about four pounds of sand in it. Oh my. So so he didn't do a very good job of inspecting it and cleaning it out and having it prepared for the greatest success possible. Yeah, you gotta clean out the butthole. And then it took me probably- (laughs) What, you do? You just said it so serious, like, yeah, you got to clean out the butthole. That's you, a you do. I mean, that's, done. Just what you got to do. If you don't clean out the butthole, you get 10 pounds of sand in there, and uh, it gets constipated. It's not good. That's a picture. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and then on top of that, the wing has apparently been flown in coastal conditions for most or all of its life. And the reason I say that is because both the upper and lower pulleys were both frozen. Oh. So the 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 little brass wheel no no spinning. It, they were they were both frozen place on both risers. So the trick to that <clears throat> is you get a little cup and some industrial strength CLR calcium lime rust remover and you take the brake lines out my Amazon. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. 
You could mute that at any time. <laughs> so anyway, you soak the pulleys in CLR for about five minutes and then pull them out. And with a little pair of, of needle nose pliers or whatever, you, you spin them until they're free and then dunk and swish <clears throat> and move them, dunk and swish and move them. Were they that bad? Oh, they were frozen. Like wow. would, would not spin, wouldn't move. When I grabbed them with pliers and went to initially turn it, like the pliers spun, the, the wheel didn't spin. So I finally, after like 20 minutes of cleaning them out with CLR and a toothbrush and shit, got a bunch of gun oil into them and then got them to spin. And then I finally got them cleaned out, freed up to the point where they're nice and factory again, basically. <clears throat> So was so, that sand that was in there, was that when he bought it, it was in there? Yeah, he got it used. He picked up this wing for Man, seven. Man, that would have cost an extra extra couple bucks to ship it with that much sand. <laughs> yeah, with four extra pounds of sand in it. I mean, the minute I picked the wing up, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? He didn't even you're realize. Like, no. You're like, no. Well, see, the thing is, like, here in Oregon, we fly the coast. We fly the coast quite a bit. So you get pretty used to having sand in your wing. It doesn't seem like that big a deal. The difference though is you're used to a paragliding wing, 25 to 27 meters. That kind of size will make up for the two to four pounds of sand difference. When you drop down to an 18 or 19 meter, that three pounds of sand is gonna make it ridiculous to launch, make it have weird, uncontrollable feeling characteristics because the weight of the sand is actually deflecting the trailing edge. I can't so it imagine. Makes, so it makes your brakes feel all spongy and shitty. <clears throat> I, I can't imagine. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't claim my... Um, if anybody can get up with JP and tell them that we're on, I don't know where he is. Um, I mean, I, I don't keep a clean wing. I mean, if I get a little dirt on it, it stays dirty. I'm not going to clean it or anything. But um, I definitely make sure that there's no sand, rocks, and, uh, you know, other, other things in the butthole. I mean, there's a reason why we got a butthole to clean out. About every two or three flights when I land, if I have decent wind, I'll just sit there and backfly my wing for a quick minute and just let whatever is in it just fall right out the nose cells. I do that, too. When it's good wind, it's hard to find good wind to... to to kite that booger upside down but i mean on my roadster the butthole zippers are i keep on seeing brand look at he's like every time i say buttholes he's like oh man that's the, what they're called i know right the uh the uh the velcro things are about that wide on this new one that i got it's very very small um right. it's the it's the gin vantage and um it's very small it's like why is it, it that small well, because you're, they're, they're meant to be flown with them open. So if you're flying at the beach or flying in sandy conditions, you open them and leave them open. No, these are Velcro. No, I know. But there should – is there a little flap that you can reverse? Just, on my, just on my Roadster. Just on they my don't, Roadster. They, they don't have a funnel to them. They just, they just have a Velcro opening. That's it. Just, just on the gin it does. But on the, um, wow. on the Spider and on the Roadster, it has the um, – the funnel. the funnel yeah because yeah. if when like with my roadster or the spider or whatever you you just leave the buttholes open you just let yep. the funnels out and then you just fly it with them open <laughs> and oh just, 
Brandon here. He's just going, butthole. It's funny, though, because I'm, when I'm trying fly, to think, though. I've, I've actually never cleaned mine, so now you guys got me thinking. Oh, my gosh. You never, you never cleaned, cleaned your butthole? Oh, oh, no. We keep oh, that shit dirty. <laughs> I'm going to go grab something to drink real quick. I'll be right back. I was so just thinking could, that as well. You could fly okay. with them open, and then, like, on the third or fourth time around, like, when you're nice and stable and in the seat and everything feels good, you just quickly, like, give, like, three or four just really solid fast jabs at the brakes. Okay. And it, and it bounces everything down to the wingtips, and then it just falls out of the buttholes while you're flying. It kind of empties so the wing. Down. how often, like, when you're flying, how quickly does your wing fill up since you're flying in sand? Well, if I'm careful, not really at all. If I'm not being careful, then fairly quickly. Okay. I mean, I have this. I have a spider, so it's a shark nose wing. So, due to its design, it inherently has a little more nose to it, so it doesn't scoop sand real bad. Sure. But like an A wing that has a much larger opening to the cell, like they work like shovels. They just shovel sand into the wing. I can see that. But there's like techniques, like if you if you get your wing tips all the way out, like you don't have to lay the wing out to like a perfect lineup. But if you just get the wingtips out, when you inflate, the wing opens sideways and it doesn't fill itself up. If okay. you open it up from a rosette with the wingtips tucked in, they swing out and that swinging motion just makes them slide and they slide like shovels. It's like shovel, 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 <laughs> shovel as it opens. Okay. Then, then your wing is like 20 pounds heavier and, sure. you don't, and you don't have any like good characteristics when you try to kite it. It always wants to fall off the one side or the other. It doesn't really want to stay up. It feels like one brake is messed up or something. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to start telling when your wing doesn't kite properly that it's too full of sand to have fun. Sure. All right, I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab some water. What's up, everybody? Can you hear me? There he What's is. Up, no. What did you say? Hey, how's my audio? Because I'm using a new laptop. And I see you got a background too. Cool. Bluetooth headphones and everything. So let me know if you got audio issues. My AC is running, so that's all right. You sound JP's scared of COVID in his own living room. Groovy, groovy. Yeah, I got my first virtual background. What? I'm jealous. I finally bit the bullet and got a laptop and some good video processing software. So good for you. Step it up a notch. I saw you. I saw you earlier today. Well, at least you do have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Two, two good legs, thank you. I actually <laughs> ran a little bit today because uh, it was raining. And I realized, oh, I ain't supposed to be running yet, and it didn't bother me. Hey. <laughs> I like that. Your doctor said, "Hey, what'd we say?" Is this is this where you make the joke and you say something like, you know, the last time Brian went flying, he hit the roundup. Oh. Is tonight the night Shane's not going to be on? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is this is the anniversary of Shane's son's passing, so they're doing family that stuff. Stinks. That stinks. I was really interested to see if he was able to get to four thousand five hundred feet and do a wing over. Oh, he had he had no problem, but um, we decided that next week 
um, we're going to do a, um, a podcast just on SIVs. So probably no guests next week. Uh, Brandon, of course, and everybody else that's ever been on here is more than welcome to be on the panel, which is cool. But um, um, I think that we'll just talk about SIVs and throwing. So JP, he'll have a little something to talk about. And um, Kevin will have something to talk about. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> I got nothing to talk about here either. <laughs> oh, man. We have... A couple more minutes. So I'm trying to get our audio. <clears throat> Let me know if my if mine's too loud. I can turn it down. Yours is never loud. I'm I'm just loud. <laughs> yeah, is mine too loud? I, I have no idea. No, no, you're good, Brandon. All right. Live stream. Brandon, you, got, you got the professional setup there, it looks like Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do a little bit of streaming and whatnot, so wait you can see you've got twitch logo youtube logo i kind of just put those stickers on myself yeah i just watched your, your videos up on youtube man i enjoyed that thank you thank you natural, you know behind the microphone there i was like <laughs> we got to get this guy in our show man yeah brandon where do you live where are you in florida or ohio no i, I wish i'm out in wisconsin <laughs> oh are you okay yep. So okay. my season's running a little dry here, but I'm hoping to come down there sometime, maybe at the beginning of next year or something. I don't know. I got to, I got to plan like a mini trip. Hopefully the guys I fly with will be out there. Sure. Yeah. You'll find something, you know, get, get that road trip going and then we're going to see you all over Facebook. <laughs> I'll be out there. I send you a friend request too. So. Okay. Because I know I subscribe to your show. And I awesome. always put on there and get everybody on there to, you know, watch your stuff. So. No, I'll, I'll definitely add you back. That. I'm not really too familiar with Facebook, but, you know. Face, Facebook's for old people, man. <laughs> I, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what my nieces and nephews told me at a recent family reunion. I was like, that gummit, I think they're right. I, I, I would say that, but now I'm using it, so. I guess, I guess it's like um I guess it's like MySpace to us. Yep. <laughs> so I, more, I mean honestly though it's, pro it's probably my best place to promote anything so I can't really hate. Exactly. Exactly. I pretty I I pretty much refer to Facebook as Karen book these days. <laughs> <laughs> you run into a lot of them. Oh my god. All right guys, JP, let's see if we can hear your audio. I haven't heard you yet, JP. JP's uh, mask moment. What's up, guys? Testing, What's up, JP? Testing, one, two, three. Hey, um, JP, um, can you go to Brandon's channel and um, and load up his uh, his crash video? Oh no, Brandon, can you <laughs> do you have that um, that link? Or, or did, yeah, did you, oh, you got you got all my stuff there. Uh, scroll down just a little bit. If you go or if you type in Ruchi flies, that's my. Uh, I got a bunch of different channels. That's you not, guys will realize that's not him. That well, that is me, but on a different that's, channel. That's that's not him flying. Yeah. <laughs> type in uh, Ruchi flies. If you, yeah, if you just type that in flies, close enough, it should pop up. They got multiple personalities going on, I guess. Oh God. <laughs> they they used to call that F L I E S. Or here, let me yeah, let me put something in the chat. Yeah, go ahead. 
go ahead and put in the chat. We're going to go ahead and get on. Uh, we're oh, going to go do the live thing real quick. All there right. There he is. <clears throat> there he is. On the top one. There we go. Don't forget to subscribe to him either. <laughs> That's right. right. All right, guys. We're going to be going live here on YouTube uh -oh. in just a moment. Okay. Am I here all good? Cats okay? Oh, this is this is also going to be our episode thirty. Woo! Already? Hey, yeah. Hey, we're rocking it. Wait, that happens to be how old I am. Thirty. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Thirty for, for for the last thirty years. Yeah, yeah, you look way older than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. You guys ready? All right, it says that we are live on YouTube. I hope we are live on YouTube. And uh, welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to PVG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, otherwise known as paratalk.org uh, or clearproptv.com. God, I just have way too many .coms. And you can also find me at ppggrandpa.com. Today we have a big panel here. Once again, we're not fat big. We have a large group of people here. Um, as always, we have Linda Anderson, our, our cheerleader. We have Kevin Confly, our instructor. We have uh, Brian Hay, Bale Waller, JP Tool. Uh, Tulio and also Tommy mostly and of course the whole reason why you're here is because we have Brandon he has a little boo-boo <laughs> and we're going to be talking about that today it's a little not All a right. whole this is not a whole horrible crash video type of thing this is a um I have a weak paramotor and it warped a little bit and it blew up my prop <laughs> But uh, a little, Brandon, little bit of human error there too. But. <laughs> Brandon, uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate that you are here today. Uh, give us a little bit of background. Um, I know that you've been flying since July of last year, but give us a little background of um, you know who you are. All right. Well, uh, my name is Brandon Rucci. I'm 20 years old. Learned to fly back in July of 2019, and uh, just came into the paramotoring sport from watching one of Tucker's videos. But I've had this in the back of my head, like it's not always something I thought about, but when I was really young, I actually saw people flying and I'm always like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty awesome. And just the heights, I've never been afraid of heights. And here we are today making videos for YouTube, always trying to push something out. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit about me, never went to school. So uh, we got plenty of time and uh, working full time, actually part time right now as a finished carpenter. So hi. We're out here just making money and flying in the free time. Did you say that you did not go to paramotor school? No, I uh, college in, in a sense. Oh, okay. Well, I, I could have clarified that, but yeah, 20 years old, no college. So There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, when you have time to go out and go fly all the time and make, uh, make right. videos, um, who wants to go to college in the first place, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So... Today we're talking about your latest boo-boo. Uh, as far as I know, this is your biggest boo-boo you ever had on a paramotor. Is that correct? Yep, that is one of my first big oops. <laughs> big oops. And uh, you just did this, I think, on the 20th, right? Is that correct? Uh, it was Monday of last week, so that would be the 17th. 
Okay, so last Monday, while we're having our last podcast, you had a boo-boo. Tell us a little bit about this boo-boo. What happened? And uh, while we're talking to you about this, JP is going to be showing it um, while you're explaining it. All right, so to begin with, uh, I laid out the wing. Like, this was 10 minutes before I was taken off, so the winds were coming out of the west. And my intention was to take out out of the west, and you guys can't really see it in this video, but at Winfield Airport, you have a west to east runway or west and east runway as well as a north and south. And you, you can see right now I'm in the west and east side of the runway. And so I set up planning to go west. And just to the right of me, you guys can see how tall that corn is. And as I was clipping in or getting ready 15 minutes later, the winds decided to shift to the northeast. And I thought the brilliant idea of just not deciding to uh, switch up my wing pattern and just go with it. Um, that's what really kind of screwed me here. But you can also see in the background there in the video I'm talking about it. Um, my buddy Jeff and my instructor, uh, Mike, actually took off way behind me. And I was thinking about it in the first place. Like I was already set up before them and me and Jeff actually took off from the same exact spot I took off this morning. Worked out fine, no problem. And uh, just a few things that I completely missed. One of them being that I never even looked back to make sure someone was taking off behind me because I assumed that Jeff was gonna be way behind me and I was gonna be the first one in the air. So that's the first mistake there. Another one that uh, was pointed out is, um, the obvious one is I gave throttle way too early. I kind of basing on like Tucker's videos is I always see he takes like the two steps and he's in the air. And so I didn't think anything of it. And I thought, hey, maybe I could do that. Not that I was trying to be him, but I needed to get up in the air quicker in order to make it over the corner, whatever my, uh, um, next step was but you can also see my form there i'm facing down not not chest out nothing there so something was just not clicking in my head and it might have been because we had a viewer christopher who actually um showed this i don't know why but maybe that messed with my head i mean you guys know how it is if you have a viewer or a few viewers you're kind of you you always want to stay focused on doing your pre-flight and making every making sure everything's all right but at the same time you got that pressure and i think that's kind of what threw me off here because you can see me i'm i'm in no way shape or form ready to be up in the air based on this frame right here i'm, I'm facing down but mistakes do happen and we do learn from them and you got to think of the bright side of this i mean um for every downfall, I'd like to say there is something bright that comes out of it. The bright side is we got a video, one of our best videos yet, view-wise on YouTube. So <laughs> there's a bright side to it and learned a lesson. I, I honestly don't see a problem taking off with your friend to the right of you like that, though. Um, I've flown and I've taken off with people on the left and right. Okay. Um, I think the point was that he didn't know where he was. He, he could have been taken off right you know, in his face on top of him, and he didn't check. Right. That, that, that was my biggest thing because my intention probably would, if I would have gone up there is to make it over these trees that are ahead of me and they're real small trees, but let's say I needed to cut off to the right because I wasn't going to make those trees. Um, you guys won't be able to see it in the video, but um, my biggest thing is I had no idea that look back could have told me whether or not I'm ready to go up or not because I had no idea he was there. 
So let's say I needed to pull right. And I mean, he is plenty far away, but I could have got hit with his uh, wake there. Not that it would be the biggest of deals, but just something uh, I could have looked out for there. The one thing I, oh, wait a minute. What kind of wing is that? Ozone Mojo Power. Okay. Because um, I just got a wing and it's orange like that. It's really spicy. Um, so I called it a pumpkin spice. It's my pumpkin <laughs> spice wing. And it looks pretty much like uh, your wing. So I was just wondering, um, what kind of cage do you have that would cause the pressure of you doing a forward launch to warp like that and cause your prop to hit your cage? I'm not sure. I mean, it, it definitely is a fraction of the cage, but I wouldn't even blame it on the cage. I could just feel, I do remember when I went up there, um, just the pressure from the wing on the lines down to the cage, I could feel it was just an insane amount of pressure from the power that I gave it so early that it just pinched the uh, cage. And it's the, um, what is that? It's a mini plane frame with the, what they call, I find out later, the flex frame. So... I'm sure that could have a little bit to it, but I think it's all air here on my end. I, I don't think I could say anything about the frame saving but is, but is, it in a sense. But maybe. is that what happened? Did, 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 the, did the frame hit the prop? Is that what happened? So I think one of the arms actually just collapsed in from the frame being bent too hard, and it must have struck the prop. And what, and what kind of frame is that? What, what, what motor do you use that's a what do you what are the uh vitarazzi monster monster 185 mm -hmm. um with the mini plane frame on a mini plane frame okay it's a mini oh. plane abm so that's so, actually a thing brandon um it, it's called you know a power launch a power on launch and right i i did see that on reddit i was just doing it completely wrong so the one thing that I'm taking away from this is <clears throat> it's a little bit twofold. So number one is the particular frame you have. Miniplane does make cage stiffeners that go in between the main portion of the cage and the hoop that actually add a bunch of rigidity to it. And when you run a bolster, <clears throat> you probably should get that rigidity for it. <clears throat> Secondarily, <clears throat> you mentioned, God, I got a frog in my throat. You mentioned uh, Tucker and how he launches and gets in the air in, in two to three steps. So the key element, and this is one of the things that YouTube does not ever tell you or teach you, is the finesse that's involved in doing something like that. And what you're not seeing is he's not getting in the power early. He waits till the wing is completely overhead. And the minute that he does his brake check is when he rolls on the power and takes off with his posture in the correct position. So it's really a finesse movement to get into flight and get into the seat in three steps. It's I not about power. It's not about power. It's about technique. Right. And that's something like before I even like can that, not that that was something I ever intended to be doing, but it was just in the back of my head, like, Oh, he could do it. I could do it. And definitely was not the case. That's the way I launch, though, um, when I'm doing a forward launch, especially on a nil wind. Um, as soon as I feel tension on the A-lines, I give it some gas, and I can even feel my, my wash hitting my, my wing and pushing it up, you know, pushing it up pretty quick. And um, I just, you know, look at my left and right 
wingtip, make sure there's no cravat. It kind of looked like he had a cravat on the right-hand side. Yeah, it um, did. I could see that. And they, the guys were thinking it could have been something like that too. But I mean, at first I was thinking it was the chase cam going right in the prop. And that was definitely not the case. Because I was kind of stumbled on this until I showed a couple other pilots. They knew right away what it was. Where, where did you have your, um, your chase cam connected to? What lines? Uh, I believe, what would that be? Right in front of the brake lines there. So if that's a D's on mine, I believe, I'm not sure. That's where I've always had it too. So I was just not sure if that was a possible Ooh. chance. Someone's about to tell you that's the wrong spot, but <clears throat> I've, I've ran it there my entire career, never had an issue, but someone's about to tell you that. Yeah. Um, I, I put it on my C lines. Every time I try to launch with on my D lines, um, it always did that little collapse thing, which you can see on the screen kind of right now where it kind of collapses the back end of the wing. Um, so putting it on the, the, the centermost C line, um, I haven't had any problems, even with uh, forward launches. So, okay. I mean, everybody says different things. I think um, even Kevin says to make sure that you put on the C lines if you have um, A, Bs, and A, B, Cs, and Ds to put on the C lines. That's what I was getting at there, Sean. And uh, definitely never put them on the brake lines. Yeah, it looks like you do have a nice little wrap. <laughs> Something's wrapped around it. Looks like you actually this have is, a line wrap. This is not inflated all the way. Yeah, I think I don't think there was really any air because I definitely checked for the lines and all that, so there was no air with the lines. No, it, it comes up hard and straight, and then right about the time that the wing would come up overhead is when you get into throttle. But if you look to where the motor is pointed, your throt your prop blast is straight at your wing. Right. So you're, you're actually deforming the wing with your prop blast is what's happening. I hear you there. Yeah, no, we were we were not in a good position there. We we're just aiming right for the ground. And you didn't hear it, but if you listen to it, you hear this horrible grinding sound. Yeah. And I think that's the prop flying in front of you on the screen. Is that it? I think that was it hitting the cage. And then, yeah, you can see it right there, just going right into the, uh, into the air there. I would also say you said that you, you thought you were wrong for aiming down at uh, whatever point you're at, I would say there's not necessarily anything wrong at that point of your launch. Let me see if I can find it. Because the wing's not over your head, so you're not getting any lift. Like right there, you said you're aimed down, but sure. you're, not gonna, you're not gonna be getting up in the air with the wing behind you. So I think what Kevin said was right too, you don't, the, the wing needs to be over your head before. Okay. No, I, I understand what you're saying. So. Well, what actually happened as far as the damage then? You think that the, uh, the, the arm broke and uh, because of the pressure on the cage and the, the arm is what actually hit the prop it destroyed what one end of the prop so you said it's completely destroyed the prop was right yeah i mean it was split in half so obviously you can no see repairing the repairing that there yeah and there, there was like a small chunk below that as well but um i'm led led to believe that the outer frame was so far pushed in that one of the arms on the outside uh the bottom whether it be the right one collapsed in enough or was bent so far in that the prop just struck it because there is a big 
bend in one of those props and, or in one of the uh, arms there. And that was the only one that was damaged. So that's pretty much all I can come up with. Um, as far as other uh, things that were damaged, I had the air box there that completely came off. It wasn't damaged, but I did lose a grommet that holds it on to the uh, frame there. Not a big deal there. And obviously nettings ripped. We got that fixed. And um, luckily the wing was fine. That was one of my biggest concerns. Did you fix your own netting? I'm just curious. I had uh, Mike, who's my instructor, he fixed it for me. Uh, he got, I forget which type of netting it is, but he did it for me since he was intending for me to get back up in the air yesterday. And um, I didn't, I left the motor with him, so he just took care of it. Would that be Mike Cotter? Uh, no, Mike uh, with Nipke, uh, powered paragliding instruction. He's out in uh, Winfield Airport, uh, if you've ever heard of him. No, I haven't. <clears throat> But he's the guy I learned from, and he's got a hanger with uh, another guy named uh, John, and they're the ones that trained me, and so they have a hanger that they rent out to any pilot, paramotor pilot, and he just helped me out there. I paid him a couple bucks, whatever, just so I didn't have to do it. Right, right. But, so you said right. that you had a carbon fiber prop that just came in? Yeah, so I got an E-prop in. I believe it's a 125-centimeter prop. Um, I've, I just actually put it on, but I'm actually going to swap the bolts on there. I picked up some bolts from Menards, and my dad doesn't like the whole Menards deal because he thinks they're China-made, whatever, which I'm fine with. He's got some uh, bolts that he's ordering through, like, Fast Tunnel or somewhere uh, where they're made in the U.S., enough. and um, he's got them coming in that he's just paying through uh, – from his work, so I don't even think he's paying for him, but he's well, helping me out there because he'd rather have me be safe than. Do you have the spacer um, on on yours? Do you have that uh, orange spacer? Yeah. And um, you know that you need the longer bolts for the e props, right? Correct. Yeah. Speed? Okay. And um, yeah, I I got because I got a helix and I got an e prop. The e prop it spins up, you know, very quick but I just don't have the, the, the thrust that the helix has. Okay. Um, what, and you, and you just had a, um, a wooden prop. Yeah. Just the stock wooden prop that was on there. Were you able and to, so, so you weren't able to fly the new e-prop yet? Not yet. I, I'm excited <laughs> too, but I, I'm at the same time, I'm, I'm a little not nervous that I'm going to damage it, but as to what the difference is going to be compared to, the wooden prop because I could I felt it the other day and that thing is you could hold that up with a pinky. Like so the, the, big the heaviest and the widest. <laughs> the big difference is going to be the weight and how fast when you go to grab throttle it's going to spin instant. There won't be okay. any, there won't be any lag, and then secondarily, when you're at really low throttle positions, you won't have very much thrust at all. It, okay. It'll, it'll, it'll be kind of surprising. You'll be like, wow, you're like, there's almost no throttle. And then all of a sudden, as you start to work your way through the RPM, then all of a sudden it'll come in and you're like, oh, there's the thrust, <laughs> okay. which, which is kind of nice. Cause when you're like at idle, they call it the whisper tips, but when you're at idle, it, it makes a sound that is really pleasant to, to hear when you're flying. Okay. It, it kind of like whistles behind your head as it spits and rotates. Sure. 
That's definitely good to know. I mean, yeah, that's something I was a little nervous about. But if you guys say that, I mean, just those little tips and things to look out for or notice goes a long way. We probably also have some (laughs) new people that are watching this, people that have never flown before. And they're going to go, oh, my goodness, you know, if I lean forward like this, I'm going to explode a a prop and it's going to cost me 500 bucks. Um, You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's some things that, uh, you know, the newbies are going to worry about. So I guess we need to find out, you know, what is the proper technique to be able to go forward on a frame, some, you know, that's similar to this. Um, and uh, what the difference is from what you did, Brandon, and what we can do to make sure that doesn't happen again. So who has, who has that information that would like to talk about the proper um, way of launching forward? Well, Kevin? I have a... I have a Synergy 7, which uses the same style hoop as the ABM frame uses. And in, in a nutshell, you just do a zero throttle forward launch. And right about the time that you come off of the A's and check your brakes is right when you roll on to full throttle. And like he says about Tucker, you take four or five steps, lift a knee and go fly. You just don't rely on the cage to hold any weight. You just use the use your arms and as little bit of the cage as necessary to do your forward launch. Which you could do that sort of launch on certain cages. I, I think the lighter weight cages uh, are less likely to support um, <clears throat> your lines like that. Uh, well, the, the Synergy 7 frame and the ABM flex frame, they use uh, composite basically like tent poles to yeah. make up the hoop. And no matter what, even if you pull on them or do whatever, there's always going to be flex. And that's mm-hmm. why ABM spent the time and effort to put in the, the hoop stiffeners that support everything. So if you're using like a top 80 or an Atom 80, it really doesn't require you to get the hoop stiffeners. But if you use like an EOS 150 or a Moster or anything that's of a larger size, then they recommend the hoop stiffeners for this reason because the motor's putting out enough thrust that it actually can clip the resistance against the frame that a top 80 or Atom 80 won't. I think Jeff Gowen, when I talked with him, he said that he has uh, a separate um, hoop that goes around to give it some more strength. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, that's that's the hoop stiffener. So that the, they just basically put two hoops on it, and one is inside. It's about an inch and a half or so inside of the other one. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, let's go yeah. ahead and go around uh, here real quick and uh, talk about our different uh, frames. Uh, JP, what kind of frame do you have? And and uh, you said that you have the same issues. Uh, yeah, I've had a similar issue. I've got a Project Maverick, and mm-hmm. it's marketed as a lightweight frame you know um uh i i think they say that you can do you know power on launches but i wouldn't do a full power launch with it because i have and it went right through my netting um it and it also depends how you do it and when you do it if you go completely from a stop with your wing on the ground and you go full power um you're gonna have problems uh i would say with I don't know, an angel, for example, you could do that and never have an issue though. It, uh, your, your technique needs to match your equipment, I would say. So, um, I like that your technique 
need some extra equipment. I like that. Yeah. And um, Brian, hey, Bale Waller, what's up, man? Um, what's up, guys? What kind of uh, frame do you have? And do you have any issues doing Ford inflations and launches like this? Well, I've never done a, a reverse launch, so uh, there's that. But no, I uh, have a Maverick um, frame made of titanium. I hit a, a bale of hay with it, and it deflected the left side enough to where my prop actually hit the the cage, and it didn't bend it. Uh, right now, I mean, it's just temporarily flexed out of shape. So that was pretty good. But y'all got me worried talking about this netting. Um, I hand-stitched my net back together, um, a one-foot diameter hole, and I'm a little worried about it. If it doesn't hold, I mean, there's another $400 prop right there probably because – I already replaced a prop. <laughs> and but 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 you had your your accident was going about twenty five miles an hour hitting a hay bale, and uh, and hitting the ground. And you said that you didn't have much of a, a damage on your frame. No, when I put the new prop on, and you know you spin it around and check, you know the clearances between the top and bottom, left and right sides, it, it was spot on. I couldn't even measure a quarter inch of of uh, warp to the frame. Um, but that being said, there was a hole in the net and a nice little notch in the titanium frame where the, where the prop hit. That's interesting. My frame is the angel frame and it has a 500 test pound Kevlar. You can put your hands all the way up and back and there's just no way you can grab or, or even touch the prop. Um, you can't put your hand through any space at all and hit the prop. And you can do a forward launch and um, have a couple elephants on you if you want to, and that frame won't bend. So it's really hard for me to really understand, you know, these uh, these lightweight frames opposed to, you know, um, my beast. Uh, Tommy, what kind of frame do you have, and do you have any issues doing a forward launch like this? Uh, mine's the Gravity Defy. Uh, it's kind of a hybrid. It looks like a lightweight frame, but it's pretty stiff. It's it's uh, not so stiff that if you hit the ground, it won't let the prop have flex to it and hit the, hit the frame. It's, it's, but it, it, it almost looks like a nitro or something like that, but a lot, lot stiffer of a frame. I could pretty much go full power from the ground and not worry about bending anything. I've, I've enjoyed it so far. Okay. So I guess there's a lot of different types of frames out there. Now, Kevin, he actually is an instructor. He has his own school. Um, Kevin, tell me real quick about your school, how we can, uh, you know, look you up and what kind of frames do you have for your students? Have you had any issues like this? Uh, not anything that's like this, so to speak. I have uh, two different motors that I, that I use for my school. One is an HSCOM Condor with a Moster 185. And then the other one is a Synergy 7 with a Top 80. The, the, HSCOM is what I would consider a middle of the road frame. It's not exactly lightweight, but it's not exactly heavyweight. It's a stainless steel main section, carbon spars with an aluminum hoop. So it kind of blends the materials together for lightness and strength. Um, it, it's been kind of temperamental for me because of the, the welds on it through the stainless have developed some fractures. So I've been having to get it repaired and the company's been really good about warrantying it when it does break. But the, uh, the Synergy 7 I have, like I was saying earlier, the, the big thing about that is it has the flex hoop. And so with the, having a top 80 on it, 
the top 80 doesn't have enough thrust to be able to flex against the cage. And then it's also clutched. So with the prop not spinning, doing just a standard forward launch, it, it does just fine, has no issues. And then if you do a reverse launch on either machine, it's null and void on either one. So it just, again, I think it really just comes down to getting your, your mind frame to the proper technique and then executing the proper technique like JV, uh, JP said about the equipment you have dictates the type of flying and the type of technique needed for using it. So like your frame, Sean, for example, it's a lawn chair as well as a crash cage, as well as a paramotor. So you can set it up in a field. It literally works like its own kickstand. And then the way that the, the harness is set, you can set up your wing, your motor, everything, and then just walk over, sit down in it, buckle up, stand up and go fly. Whereas like the ABM frame or some of the other ones, that lightweightness, it feels a little easier to carry around. It feels a little easier to start it on your back and not feel the weight of it, but then there's sacrifices. On the flip side, there's the titanium stuff that's ultralight. It's really nice for its weight. It has really good durability in the fact that you can bend it back, but yeah. that also equates to the fact that it will bend in to have to be bent back when you, when you have an incident. So like the Maverick cage, and the like the Mac Para, they're really nice and you can just kind of stick a foot on them and straighten them back out. But you probably are gonna have to fix a prop tip in the process because of the fact that they do have some give. So it's all just a trade-off in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I that is very true. Um, I decided, I, I wanted to get a beast and the warranty that I have on my Skytop Angel, you can go to ppgangel.com and check them out is that if you the warranty is if you have it on video and you come down and you bend a piece or something the manufacturer will send you another piece free now does anybody else have a, a warranty like that on any other frames or is it just the angel i have the same warranty uh, i just have to send a check for the price <laughs> yeah i just have to send a check that's hilarious um, so, so that's the reason why I wanted to do it. I, I wanted to get something that was a beast. If I um, had some mess ups, if I slipped, if I did a butt landing, if I, you know, lift my legs up too soon or whatever, I've never broke a prop and I've even turtled and never broke a prop. I've come down too hard, never broke a prop. Um, so to me, um, that, that frame, frame does something for me. It gives me that security. Now, um brandon you got this frame for did your instructor say hey this is something that i suggest for you have you did any searches about it did you know that they do warp when you do a forward launch so when i went to actually buy my equipment i was this was before i even flew and i was basically just basing it off of what my instructor said mike i i trusted him as to what he decided to get me and i still stand by him i'm I don't have any issues with my frame and I'm, I still wouldn't even blame it on my frame. I still think it's purely, I mean, not purely, but majority, if I could have just gotten that wing up in the uh, first place, had it up and then taken off, I wouldn't have had that problem. But I think the frame that I have is a nice lightweight frame and that's something I was going for. Not so much uh, like your frame. When I look at yours, that thing's a freaking beast. Like, you're taking out everything with that. And that's like a good thing to look out for if that's something you want. I mean, you know, you wanted that, but 
that's something I probably would have held back on on my end, but now you can see I'm paying for it a little bit, but it is yeah, what it is. I, I like the fact that I can buy a frame and I never have to buy anything on it ever again, no matter how silly, stupid I am. Um, well, Linda Anderson, she does not fly. So let's go ahead and ask a, uh, as someone that doesn't fly, if you had the opportunity of getting something really super small and light um, with, the, with the possibilities of it warping like that or getting something that's super, super strong like mine, wh which way would you go on a decision for, for a paramotor? Oh my gosh. So just starting out, that's where I would look to you guys. You know, there's so many, so many frames, so many props, everything out there right now. Um, I would look to you guys like, what, what do you, what would you suggest for somebody like me? You know, um, my gosh, you don't want to get something that's overwhelming that you kill yourself. <laughs> so, um, but well, you I mean, I didn't want, I, I didn't want to put you on the spot or anything either. It's just like, would no, you no, go? Yeah. No, yeah. Would you I, go for something that's light on your back? You know well, that 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 could warp, or would you go for a little something heavier that's more solid and you know probably wouldn't. Hey, never trust the skinny chef Shane. He's here. So, what would you go for, Linda? Would you go for something lighter that could probably, possibly warp? Yeah, probably lighter. Mm -hmm. Because I think anything because I'm so petite. Anyway, anything else would probably. I don't know. Like I, I would have to talk to the girls that you know, that fly or whatever that are the same, you know, stature of me or whatever, and and uh, what they start with. What they're, I, I, it's something that I guess I would have to try it first, you know, and see what's comfortable for me. Right. I might say, well, this is kind of too light, right? And then you go. So when you go and sh you guys actually go and shop for these. You know, when you're a beginner, whatever you go out and you just shop for a, with, you know, your instructor, whatever, for a, uh, you know, a prop and all that stuff. See, I would probably need the kids. Yeah, I, I would probably need the kids' uh, prop. Yeah, so it is pretty. Um, there, there are so many different var uh, variables. Um, real quick, since we got uh, Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane on, uh, I don't know how long he will be able to make it here or stay on here. Um, um, Shane, welcome to the show. Welcome. I'm, he's, he's our normal uh, panel member and, and uh, you know, great paramotor pilot. We just did an SIV course. Um, how are you doing, sir? After, uh, after our spooning and being, you being my roommate, it, it, I, took, I needed a little time. I needed a little... Uh, <laughs> But we also did some cooking also too. Um, we, we made some, um, some, uh, some brats. Can you tell us about the brats and the hashtag real quick? Oh yeah. So last year I started this on uh, my channel, which was uh, hashtag cooking against cancer. Um, this year we did cooking against cancer 2020. Um, what it is, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a dedicated cook, if you will, towards somebody that has uh, fought cancer, fighting cancer, or lost a battle to cancer. And um, today's been today's been the it is the uh, five year anniversary of my son. Um, he lost his battle to cancer at the age of nineteen, and uh, it's just just something to help 
I guess the process of getting over, not getting over, but helping get through the day. And uh, I really wasn't supposed to, oh, actually I wasn't going to go on, but yeah, everybody's asleep. So I figured I'd, I'd jump in here. Sure. Uh, we, we are glad that you're here, Shane, and we definitely are praying for you and your family. So, so as for the as for the cook of what we cooked, I made some brats. Uh, my son, he he loved brats. He loved the grill. It it was watching that kid eat was amazing because you wondered how he's so uh, skinny all the time, but he all he did was eat constantly. But anyways, we made some brats. Um, cut it. Uh, we did uh, jalapenos, banana peppers. I'm sorry. Let me start over. We made jalapenos, Anaheim's, bell peppers, and yellow onions. Uh, we grilled them, uh, sauteed them. Then we did uh, brats on the grill. And then we uh, put some cheese right on the blackstone and crisped up the cheese, put the onion, Anaheim, bell peppers, and jalapenos on top of the cheese that, that was frying. And then uh, um, we rolled it up. And because Sean is on a keto diet, I just made him a um, cheese bun. I just, I just opened it. I just did, I, I made a cheese bun for him. And then uh, I put mine on a uh, grilled uh, bun. And uh, yeah, nobody complained, let's just say. Nobody complained. What's that hashtag real quick that, that uh, we can go and find these videos? It, it, it's, I want to say the cooking community, but it could be anybody. You don't have to just be the cooking community. Um, it's uh, hashtag cooking against cancer 2020. So if you just type that in, you'll see everybody that did um, that in their title or in, just in their description, it'll, it'll show up. So you'll get to see everybody's videos, hear the stories of, the person they're cooking for, whether they've uh, they're fighting the battle, lost the battle, or what's the other one? Oh my goodness, <laughs> I didn't. I messed up the order. So people who are have fought the the battle with cancer, um, fighting the battle, or lost the battle to cancer. These dogs are driving me crazy. Up, you hear them? They're like going crazy over here. Hey, stop! Are, Sorry, I didn't get to make a video and, and contribute myself, Shane. But, um, yeah, it's I awesome. I definitely dude. wanted to. I'm, I'm lucky to say I don't have a lot of cancer in the family. I didn't either until my son. <laughs> then, then I'll I'll hell broke loose. But anyways, yeah. So I'm here. Uh, Sean, you see my prop or my motor? Um, my cage is not strong enough to do a powered forward launch. It would literally fold my prop up and tear my cage. And Sean, you weren't a big fan of. Well, uh, hello, can I help you? Sean, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't a big fan of the uh, gaps in my cage, anyways. Oh my Your goodness, baby. dude! The <laughs> gaps in your cage were you could throw you could throw a toaster between those gaps, and, and <laughs> it, it, I could I could not believe that a paramotor would have such big gaps like that. I mean, I mean seriously. Seriously, think of think of putting a toaster through a hole in the back of your paramotor, and swear to God, you could put a toaster through that. I, I don't understand it. It's crazy. Um, no, not a fan. There's three three holes like that you could put a toaster through. What not frame do you have, Shane? The uh, PAP. What is it? Benini or what is it? Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's the one I bought at school. 
I like it. It's lightweight. It's I've never had an issue with it. Um, what is it? V I N T O. I think it is. Hold on, let me look. Good lord. The Vinto. <laughs> I can't even remember now. So many different types of frames. It's crazy. Yeah, so, they have a bunch. So that's one of the things I think that Linda was trying to get at is that there's so many different types of frames that you really need to, number one, trust your instructor. That's the whole reason why you're paying your instructors. Trust your instructor. Uh, number two, um, you should be able to get up with all the people that fly in your area. Your instructor should be able to have um, either a list of people or maybe a group chat that you can go to. I was very lucky. Uh, I had a whole group of people of a hundred and some people that I could actually talk with. And uh, that actually helped too. What Did you find out what it was, Shane? I'm looking. Hold on. I'll be right back. Okay. It's, it's no big deal. It's no it's, it's not, but <clears throat> let me look. Cause now I look like an idiot and I can't, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. That's all. It's all right. no, no. Problem. I got news for you. <laughs> Tonight's not the first night. <laughs> Tonight's not the first <laughs> right, Hold on. I'll be right back. Linda, stop laughing. <laughs> I can't always laugh at you. <laughs> All right, let's get back to, to our guest, Brandon. We appreciate you listening to, to all of us uh, yapping about stuff and, you know, telling our story uh, along with your story. Uh, so what do you think um, you could do differently from now on to make sure this doesn't happen again? Definitely just taking a step back and really thinking about the launch as I'm going about it. I mean, you, there was quite a few things that were wrong there. And it's just those little steps that could really have gone a long way there. Saved the prop, saved, saved me from not flying that day. But I was thinking about it too, as you guys were talking about frames and purchasing them. Uh, some thought that was running through my head wasn't whether or not the um, frame is going to be able to put up for the damage. I like take it my worry or not even a worry was, is this frame going to protect me if anything were to happen? And there wasn't really much thought as to the negative side of that, like this single, like, like yours, uh, looks like it would go through a, like a whole war. And if you were to drop out maybe five, 10 feet from the sky, for some reason that happened, you'd be pretty safe. And in my head, that's just like, not, it, it's always a possibility, but it's also not likely and so when I was purchasing a frame, like that was my biggest, not biggest thing, but that was something I looked at as to whether I want lightweight or bulky and sturdy like yours, if that makes any sense. Did you buy yours brand new? Yes. And um, so, so you've been flying since July. How many flights do you have under your belt? Uh, probably just under 50. I'd have to check on my phone. I got it all mapped out there, but right around 50. Do you use like um, Skyfly High or Fly, Fly Sky High or yep. GPS or what do you use? I use that and then I go ahead and whatever like the time is on that and like my date, I always write it in my notes because um, I tend to break a couple phones in my, uh, in my couple of years of running them. So I'm always <laughs> losing a lot of data from them. Oh, what's, really? what's, your, uh, what's your longest flight so far? Uh, probably an hour and a half being the longest. But there has been like a couple days. I've never really flown um, on a sunrise and a sundown uh, just yet because the winds where I'm at are not always the best. And I'm always looking to fly with a group of guys. Right now I live an hour and 10 minutes away from Winfield Airport, which is where everyone that I actually fly with, they go to that airport there. 
Um, but there's a place near my house that my dad's buddy, uh, he owns a little bit of land. And so I can go fly there. He's only 15 minutes from where I live. So if I'm looking to fly alone, I can always go there. But I just feel like it, it's so much more fun to fly with a group of guys. And they always give you like that confidence. Like uh, one time we went up and the winds were iffy. They were bumpy. And if I wasn't flying with a group of guys that were already up there, I would have never flown in those being alone. But, you know, just having a few other guys with you, you know, kind of boosts your confidence. And not that you're trying things you shouldn't be trying, but these things are possible to do and whatever. Because you're so, so new, uh, newest at this, I would, I mean, always take a buddy with you, always, because things can happen and you don't want to be sitting out there, you know, oh, yeah. crashed out hurt. And then, then what do you do? Even though, you know, you can make sure you got your phone on you and maybe carry a radio and have your, and have a friend, yeah, have a friend, you know, fly with you and, uh, right. you know. Um, my, my son is actually, I'm, you probably see my Facebook. Um, he's a paraglider in San Diego and he has this talk show, paraglidingtalk.com. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm the paramom here. That's how I got started with all my para, para I call them. So, um, <laughs> you are welcome to check out his show on Thursday night. I just have to do this little plug in. How, but, yeah. Uh, so, so, how, so, out. how do we get to how do we get to your son's uh, paramotor podcast? What's the dot com? Paraglidingtalk dot com. All right. Yes. So, Brandon, yeah. you gotta check it out. What I'll have to check that Robert, out. You, I rarely see Robert flying by himself. You know, he's out sure. there in San Diego and Blossom. He always has a group of guys with him, or one or two guys, or whatever. They always got radios on them, everything because. He's at his moments where he crashed in that desert, and uh, if he didn't have all that on him, Lord knows what would have happened. It took him like two he hours. He didn't crash. He landed safely on a road. Well, kind of landed, but he was like in the cactus. So, so anyway, <laughs> so enough about that. So you're saying he got the point when he landed? Uh, <laughs> almost. When he landed, when he landed, he went straight to the point. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, that'll do. He kind of gave us the tour of the. Cactuses, yeah. Uh, that'll teach. It, it, it's a cute video on YouTube. That'll teach you to be a little prick or two. Oh, 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 <laughs> man! <laughs> hey, when you land in the desert next to a cactus, you might be a little prickly. Yes, you oh will. Oh my god! Oh my god! So when when you guys go out, so it, are all those parts separate? Like you have to decide what prop you want, what frame you want. And then somebody builds it for you, the, the whole thing, the motor, like, is that all separate kind of thing? So the a really good, that's that a really is, good question. The mm -hmm. answer to that is yeah, yes on that. and no. So you can purchase a unit from a major manufacturer. And this is one of the things like I try to explain to my students that they fail to recognize sometimes. You can purchase a frame alone for anywhere between $1,000 up you can get the Vitorazzi Moster or an HE or an EOS motor by itself. You can get a Dudek Comfort Seat or an Apco Light or an Apco STL harness by itself. And then you can amalgamate the pieces because that's the nice thing about this sport. So if you spent $2,500 on a brand new Moster, 
$1,000 on a brand new frame and then $300 on your harness, you're essentially saving yourself about $2,500 and not just buying a motor from somebody. But it does mean that you're the one that has to put it together. It does mean that you're the one that has to put the thrust alignment correctly. And then it also means you're the one that has to hang check everything and make sure that before you go fly, it's 100% ready to fly. So there's pros and cons to saving money. In this case, saving money equates to knowledge. You need to know how to set up a paramotor if you're going to build one on your own. On the flip side, if you don't want to hassle with it, you spend the extra bucks, you get one that comes from Parajet or from PAP or from whoever, you open up the shipping crate, you put the hoop on it, you bolt on the prop, you prime the motor and you go enjoy the world. So that's why I say it's yes and no. There's both sides to the coin. It just depends on mm -hmm. your skills and knowledge. Exactly. And a lot of people don't realize too, just getting into the sport, that when you hear these big names like um, you know Blackhawk, uh, it's basically the name of their frame, because you can put any type of harness, any type of throttle, any type of motor on these frames, and it'll still be called a Blackhawk or an angel. I mean, just like my angel, it's the frame that's an angel. I can put whatever I want to on the motor and any type of uh, harness that I want, any type of throttle that I want, but it's still considered an angel only because of the frame. It's pretty interesting stuff. I didn't know that. It took me a long time to figure that one out. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's really good as far as what, what Linda was talking about going out and making sure that you're flying with friends. That's one thing that I did originally was fly with friends because, you know, I thought that was the, the thing to do. I was still new to the sport. You know, I, I didn't know about the LZs. I wanted to be there in case something happened to me. Um, but um after talking with kyle oh he said you know you need to get out of your comfort zone and go fly by yourself it took about six months for me to do that so i'm going to ask the panel real quick uh, we'll start with our guest of course brandon um how often do you fly with friends and have you flown at all by yourself yet yeah so i'd always if i can try to fly with a friend but let's say I don't, I'm always texting a family member, letting them know my plan. Like, Hey, I'm taking off in 10 minutes. Um, I plan to be up for X amount of time. If I plan to be up longer, I'll let you know. And, uh, I'll text you right as I, uh, land or whatever, let you know that I landed safely. Um, and in that case, I'll send my tracking to them. So I'm always allowed to be tracked if anything were to happen, not that anything's happened yet, but I do tend to actually go out on my own, not often, I'd say probably one out of five times I'm out alone. So just when I am, I do make sure to take those extra steps to ensure my safety, not that it's ensuring it, but to help uh, make things a little smoother and confirm a few things. How long did it take for you to break away from flying with friends and doing your first you know, solo away from people and just, you know, having a, you know, a solo flight. It was probably right around like my 11th flight since last year in July, when I learned, I really didn't go out a, a whole lot. I mean, I probably had right just maybe nine flights before the season ended because right around this time after like July, July was our prime time to fly this year. But like now it seems to kind of slowly just die off with the way the winds are moving there's not a whole lot of time to be flying. And 
I was working full time, so it wasn't always an option. And also driving an hour and 15 minutes every time I want to go fly with someone, it's a little bit of a pain. So um, flying alone definitely is always, I wouldn't say it's ever as fun as flying with a group of guys. I'd always rather fly with a group of guys, but just more reasonable on my time and everything else, gas, money, whatever. Have you not found any fields or anything that are close to you that you Google fly out of? Well, I, I can take off a matter of like 15 minutes away from my house and my dad's buddy's field. I'm sure I could find other fields too, but um, he just owns a little bit of land and he doesn't mind me taking off from there. And um, 15 minutes is nothing to drive to, but no one around me that I know flies. So it's kind of like I'm the only one here. Have you ever thought about taking off at that field and flying over to the airport to meet up with people to go fly? An hour and 15 away. By car. By car? How far is it? I mean, how is it um, as far as flying? Because um, I've flown from, you know, my house to the uh, airport, which is, you know, pretty darn quick and easy. Flying over to Two Rivers and over to to where Tommy was. That's the day that he kind of messed up his his prop and wasn't able to go fly. But um, something that would take me normally an hour to drive, it took me 20 minutes to fly. That's crazy. You might um, want to check that out on your fly sky high. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. But um, I would think by the time I get there, because right now I'm still not like if there's just like, I'll, I'll try to fly like towards right around the like end, unless I'm flying with like a group of guys, because I'm, I'm afraid of thermals. I, I don't mess around with them, especially when I'm alone. And that's something I look very closely at as to when I decide to fly alone. But I feel like by the time I'd get to where I needed to be, the sun would be going down and then I wouldn't be able to get back home or something. I understand. I understand. Okay. Um, on my Fly Sky High, there is uh, a way of tracking. I think it's Live Track 24. It's a free account. And um, you can, when you fly, it'll automatically, if you open up your Fly Sky High, it'll automatically send your tracking and where you are flying uh, to the Tracker 24 or Fly tra- What is that? Do you guys know what it is offhand? Live Tracker 24. LiveTracker24.com. So okay. you can I actually get a, yeah, you can actually get a free account at Live Tracker 24. Did I say that right, Tommy? Live Tracker 24. Yeah, that's it. It's on my app. So that that's the one that I mainly use, anyways. Is the uh, Fly Sky High? Let me double check. So as soon as I start flying, it automatically turns on. And then it goes to the, my live chat tracker, which is live track 24. My, uh, my username is PPG grandpa surprise. And, um, you can actually go there and log in and see all my flights, watch it live, watch it in 3d. You can actually see it in 3d where I am, um, live, which is really mm-hmm. good. So that's something that you might want to check out. Also, I was, I was just looking for it. It's called live track 24. Yeah. And it's on your yeah, fly there's sky a place high. To sign in. Yeah, oh, you can on. sign in on your fly sky. Okay. So it enables um, you to fly. Enables you to fly um, right okay. from right from your phone, and you can keep track of it. And when you are ready to go fly, all you have to do is send that link to your Facebook or to your to your significant other, your friend, or whatever, sure. and they'll let them know it's like, "Hey, I'm going to go fly," and it's free. 
so there's no subscription, there's nothing, and it's free for you and free for them, which is awesome. So I just want to let you guys know, in case you didn't know, it's pretty awesome. I'll definitely run... be checking that out. Well, yeah, because it's <laughs> awesome. I mean, when you can get something for free, you know, take it. Hell yeah. Um, mm -hmm. now, I, now, now I know mm -hmm. that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so, um, some Texas, long... some, hold on, some Texas fries and uh, some rolls. And oh, I forgot my I forgot my wallet, Shane. Um, you mind paying for dinner? Oh, it's I guess it's for free for Sean. No problem. Oh, it's like that. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. We're gonna have some technical issues real quick here, and we're gonna lose feed. Hold on a second. I don't know why, but Shane went mute forever. I don't know where he went. Darn it. Um, but uh, anyway, real quick, let's go ahead and go around our group real quick and see how long it took for other people to um, to take their first solo away from, you know, flying with other friends and just flying by themselves. So since Kevin's up here in the top right, let's go ahead and chat with him real quick. Kevin, how long did it take for you to motor uh, by yourself after just flying with friends? Straight away. Oh, really? Straight away. Okay, well, that was easy. When, um, when I got, did you I not hear him the last podcast? Really, that was I the mean, last like, podcast. I'm trying to, you know, well, continue well, on like, this podcast. Like a lot of people, though, <laughs> you know, when I got my first motor, I I wasn't necessarily in touch with the motor community. So, like you know, like most people know about me, I came from a paragliding background, so I wasn't afraid of the flying aspect of going out and going flying. I just was more concerned about having a motor out and then having to land out and have all this gear out in some field and having to figure that part out. So whenever I flew alone, I just made sure that I stayed pretty local to my LZ and then scheduled a tentative backup plan. So if I had to have my wife or a friend or someone come and retrieve me, that I kind of had that planned ahead of time. But otherwise, I mean, and it didn't take long to, to find the community around here and, and get within the community and start enjoying. But I mean, there's days where if I wake up in the morning and, and everyone has to work or nobody's available, I'll still go fly. I don't care if the weather is beautiful and it's a nice day, I'll fly in the morning. And if it's equally nice in the evening, I'll fly in the evening too. Don't matter to me. Well, um, I, I guess we need to ask the people in the chat too. Hey, people in the chat. Um, how long have you been flying by yourself solo and, and not flying with friends? Uh, let us know there because this is going to be the end of the podcast. I cannot believe that we've been talking for an hour already. Wow, that's insane. That never happens. That never happens to us. Hey, uh, Brandon, how do we get to you and how do we uh, see your, your YouTube and your channel? How do we get to see this, um, this incident that happened and uh, what other social media do you have? So I got Instagram and uh, Facebook. If you guys are on Instagram, I definitely recommend uh, following me on there. I'm always posting little clips and whatnot while I'm in the air live. Um, every time I go out flying, something's going on Instagram. But I run a YouTube channel called Ruchi Flies. Uh, my last name's Ruchi. And I kind of run a little system of my last name with something that I'm doing behind it. I run um, Ruchi Flies, that's my channel right now. I run Ruchi Travels, which is my travel uh, uh, channel. I run Ruchi FPV, which is my new channel that I really haven't put anything out there. Um, I'll plan to be doing a lot of uh, drone videos with that. 
But um, if you guys check it out, you guys can see it on screen right now. Um, I'll maybe drop a comment or something in the live stream right now so you guys can check it out. But uh, yeah, if you guys type in like Ruchi Flies, if you guys can manage to spell my name, get it close. I'm sure it'll pop up. But you guys can see my videos on screen right now. So uh, that's what how you guys can Instagram? find me. Uh, it's just underscore Ruchi underscore. If you type in Brandon Ruchi, it should pop up as a first one. I do have two accounts, but you'll see the same profile picture as the one on YouTube. So uh, that's the one I'm always posting on. If you guys are listening to this audio podcast on paratalk.org, you can always uh, check out the description. We will have all that information down below. If you would like to come over and check out the actual uh, video that we have done today, just go to clearproptv.com and it will be on our YouTube channel. So you can watch it anytime that you want to. But if you're doing a long distance travel and you don't want to uh, see our ugly mugs, definitely check us out. We're under most podcast um, platforms that just search for Paramotor Podcast. Well, definitely the PPG Paramotor Podcast, PPG Grandpa Paramotor Podcast. Just find PPG Grandpa. You'll find everything. <laughs> hey, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. We totally appreciate you. If you need to go, you're more than welcome to go. Right now, we're going to go ahead and open up this meeting room to everyone. We're going to put the meeting room into the chat and the password so you guys can jump on and just chat with us uh, for the next hour. So, Brandon, thank you so much. We totally appreciate you. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me. Obviously, I, I came in here figuring I was going to learn a few things and definitely wasn't wrong. So I'd like to thank you guys for the tips. And, you know, we're just we're just getting started here. So thank you guys for having me. Can't wait to next year when you're on this uh, podcast after having a couple hundred hours under your belt. <laughs> right. That'll be awesome. Well, well it was nice you. meeting you guys. I'm going to head out. I got work in the morning, sadly. So uh, we, we will hop out of here. But it was awesome chatting with you guys. Thank you, Brandon. We you, appreciate Brandon. you. Have a good Fox one. State, brother. You as well. All right, guys. So if you want to come in, I'm going to, we're going to put in the Zoom room number. Zoom room. I can spell room. Just another, uh, <laughs> another, another. All the college words. There's Brandon the room there. number and password. All right. This is a very difficult password. So make sure that you type it in correctly. You'll see it on the, uh, on the chat. Um, it is case sensitive, so be very careful or else you may not make it in. So welcome to the after party show. Hoot, hoot, party, party, and Shane is what, still here. What? I'm here for one more beer. That's what, that's, Cheers, that's, brother. That's now, the goal. Now, you know, Mr. Shane, I told mm. you before we even left, do I need to grab my wallet? Are we going to stay over there and have anything, or we're we just going to swing by real quick? And he said, oh, we're just going to swing by. Yeah, baby. All how, I how, do I, was, how do I share my screen? Um, you just, if you're on, like, on Zoom, there's a share screen in the very middle, lower. I don't think bottom. it works so well on a mobile. No, nah, dude, I got a new laptop, man. Notice the laptop. virtual background and all that? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. On the bottom middle, it says there's a green button that says yep. share screen. And then it brings up a window, whiteboard, you iPhone pad. You want to share. Be careful. Then, close your porn. Let me just. <laughs> close the porn. Yeah. Close it. Unless it's paramedic. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Here we Are go. Are we still live? We're live on YouTube. Yes. We're still awesome. live. While Shane is telling his story, um, y'all can watch Kyle 
in the background. What is this right here? What story do I got? It looks like a heli. Who's doing the heli? It's, it's, it's going to be more than a heli. This is my first day at aviator training. That's you? They, told, they, to, they yeah. told me I was, no, that, I was, I was yeah. on the ground filming. Okay, I thought, okay, so you're doing, you're doing the heli and you're doing the infinity. That's pretty good on your first day at Aviator. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, this is one of six guys in the world, apparently, that can do that it. that Kyle Mooney? Yeah, yeah, that's him, man. That was what I saw my first day down at Aviator. I was like. That's yeah. kind of similar to what uh, Shane and I just did at the SIV uh, clinic. The hell it is. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess we can talk a little bit about the SIV uh, clinic since uh, Shane's here, and we'll go Please full do, uh, SIV. Yeah. We'll go full SIV clinic um, next week and talk yeah, all about week, SIV yeah. stuff. Well, hey guys, I I gotta jump out of here. I gotta pick up the kids and then get ready to make dinner. So I gotta run. All right, Kevin, we appreciate you being here. Yeah, Definitely, thank you. All right, Kevin. You guys have a good one, brother. Close guys, man. So, guys. did you have any issues uh, pulling maneuvers at 4,500 feet? Nope, not at all. It's it was very shocking how you disconnect from from the from the boat, the tow line, and oh, almost almost within moments of pulling and and tucking away the little bridles. Okay, reach up and just grab your a lines and pull them down. <laughs> oh, we ain't even just gonna. We ain't, we're not gonna go slow into this. We're just gonna go right into it. Okay, good, to, good to know. That altitude me on the is first. <laughs> yeah, the altitude is precious. Get them up no. to four thousand now. Now let's see how many um, how many uh, feet a second we can drop them. Yeah. 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 So how do you how do you feel, Shane, when you uh, pulled your a's and you did that frontal collapse? Well. I guess the I um my face <laughs> I I I knew you kept saying how exhausting it was and and to to get towed up and and to do this I didn't really understand what uh what you meant by that and apparently I hold my breath the entire time that I'm doing these stunts and my face is beat red yeah so you got to convince yourself to go ahead and pull lines that are keeping you afloat if you will, and collapse them so that you free fall, which by the way, you don't feel like you're free falling at all. You don't, you don't feel like you're falling out of the sky. At least I did not. Um, but it doesn't stop you from realizing that you are falling. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you, yeah. You don't feel the fall, but once it opens up, the canopy opens up back up, then you can actually feel it, you know, you can, feel, you can feel that big surge because now you're you're falling, you're falling. Then it opens up, and now all of a sudden, shh, you're going. Oh, look at all these um, uh, forward launch bruises I have. Looks like looks like my wife beat me. Well, she does, but that's mostly forward launch stuff. Um, but yeah, you can really feel the surge. You feel the G forces. It's pretty crazy. Hey, John Wayne, what's up, man? My my biggest issue with with um, with the whole SIV. It's not getting into trouble. It's not collapsing your wing. Mm -hmm. And this actually goes for life. It's easy to get in trouble. It's paying for it. It's paying for it and getting out of trouble is the hard part. Because as soon as your wing opens back up, you have all this extra energy that you have to deal with. And it literally takes 
hands up, breaks. You have to look at your wing. You have to control the wing. And it happens so fast. Meanwhile, you're the pressure, the, the G's are hitting you, and you got to forget all that. And you just got to look at your wing and read the wing. And I guess, honestly, that's what the SIV is all about is, is knowing what your wing is doing and, and fixing it. And the first couple um, deflations that I did, I hit break the entire time because I just wanted crap to stop. You know what I mean? Like the wing is falling backwards, which you're supposed to hands up. I'm like, no, I'm just going to break that and hit the brakes and stop everything. Cause as soon as you hit brakes, everything stops. It doesn't work that way. You literally have to continue to pilot your wing. And at the end of the day, I literally no problems, hands up, ready to rock and roll. It was awesome. What are we looking at now? Us in the past. Why are we looking at us in the past? <laughs> it's freaking trippy. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. What's trippy is if you showed us in the future. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Touche. But um, yeah, so so how many different maneuvers did you do, Shane? We went up five times each. Oh. We were able to get towed five times. And what kind of uh, maneuvers were you able to do up there? I know that you said that you did big ears. What else did you do? Okay, so outside of well, big ears wasn't even the first thing I did. Forget it was, it was go up there and pull a fifty percent deflation on the left for one second. You just pull it down and let it back up. Deal with the surge. Move on. Now, then he tells you to grab the a lines and lean out away from the deflation while you hold the a lines down. So I pulled left a lines controlled with right which I didn't do very well at first, ended up in a very intense spin, let out, controlled that, moved on, then came back into it, did it again. I did right and left deflations. I did right and left um, deflations, leaning away from the deflation and leaning into it with a turn. Um, I did frontals. I did frontals with a speed bar. That's where I got in trouble. Um, I did. Yeah, you actually did um, speed bar stuff. That was pretty good. Hey, JP, can you find some uh, some SIV stuff to show? Mm-hmm. So you used your speed bar. Why, why did I they... I mean in the past is weird. I've never used a speed bar ever. I didn't even know how to use it, mm-hmm. which I should have asked. <laughs> right. Before takeoff, I should have just said, well, how, how does this even work? I just figured it can't be that hard. So I reached down when he's like, all right, pull that speed bar out. I'm like, okay, I've seen this on Tucker's videos and, and a couple other people is using speed bar. So that's literally as I'm 4,000 feet in the air going, yeah, that's how this works. Okay. Um, apparently speed bar is just makes everything more spicy and, and it's more aggressive on the recovery, if you will. I, I also did um, um, the horseshoe which I thought was very non-dramatic, if you will. Where, and, how do you, and how do you do a horseshoe so people that never done an SIV course understands what you're doing? So you reach up and you grab your two left and right inner, the inner A lines. You put them together in one hand, and then you take your other hand and you start going up towards the wing, pulling down. 
and the center of the wing kind of collapses inward. The, the outside of the wing kind of it makes a horseshoe, and it literally was the most docile maneuver I made the entire day. And Sean, your experience of the horseshoe was completely different. Definitely, completely different. Um, I I had my trims out. I didn't have my trims in. I uh, I was doing different maneuvers and uh, left the trims out. So I so when I put when I put the uh, two center A's together, almost immediately the whole front the whole front collapsed. I mean I mean just uh, brutally. And I dropped at 32, 33 feet a second. That's what my fly sky high said. And that was the only time I've ever done any maneuver that I almost felt like I lost a lunch. Um, I've never <laughs> fallen that fast while, uh, while paramotoring. So I tried it again. The same thing happened. It just totally collapsed. But once again, I think it's because my trims were all the way out. If I had my trims in, I bet I could have done it no problem. This is a totally different wing that I brought to the SIV course because the last one I had the Roadster 3. This one is a Gin uh, Vantage 3. So it only has A's, B's, and C's. It's a hybrid mountain slash motor wing. So it's, it's even though it's a, it's a 28 meter, same as my Roadster, it is spicy. Um, it's, it's the only one that they had that I could get right away was a uh, an orange one, so I call it my pumpkin spice, and it's a spicy ass wing. Um, now, now with your uh, see, I thought your full your stall, your full stall was way more dramatic, if you will, um, than your horseshoe. It didn't. I didn't feel it. Like you, I watched it. I mean, on TV on this on the monitor, I was just like, oh my god, he's like doing these three. So you're coming down and you're spinning and, and it's, it's, oh, I had a riser twist too. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm not doing that. And then I see you do the horseshoe and you're like, I'm never doing that again. I'm like, okay. And then I get up there at 4,000 feet. He's like, do a, do the horseshoe. I'm like, what is this all about? This is nothing. Like I've, I've, I've felt more bumps and, and drops on, on a calm, no, no wind day than I have on, on this horseshoe. It's just weird how, I guess, with your trims out, is that I, I, I assume it's the same thing as speed bar. That, like, I did a, um, I did a frontals with without the speed bar and frontals with the speed bar. Frontals with speed bar is an eye opener way more than it is with uh, without it. Well, because it's, you know, with your trims out more of your weight is on the um the front Frontal. end yeah. of your wing so if you you know collapse that front end and most of your weight's on that front end it's gonna you know it's gonna collapse pretty darn drastically and but then when it opens up too it opens up you know really quick and you can really feel the g-forces you know what yep. i think you know what i think happened to if you say that my frontals that i did i dropped pretty fast um, that horseshoe was like, what, wasn't that my fifth one? My last one that I did that day mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. my, my fourth or fifth, I was already, fifth, yeah. I was already dehydrated. I was exhausted. Um, the wind was really picking up. So doing a, uh, reverse, I was having a lot of frontals and I didn't realize that, um, the instructor pulled the, uh, pulled the, um, the trims out. So it had more, more whoosh than I'm used to. 
And uh, um, anyway, so maybe maybe I should have pulled my trimmers out so I didn't get in, ended up on my back and uh, getting drugged down towards the water. <laughs> we, we had a very interesting Sean, time. I Sean, can't wait. Sean, what, well, what did they, Sean, what did they tell you to do on that frontal? On the frontal? Um, let's see. I think I did. Yeah, on, on, uh, to get out of it, I mean. Um, hands up. Hands up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hands, hands up. up. The, the reason I'm asking is I just watched a seminar uh, from a couple of pilots that test wings. And mm -hmm. what they said was is that, is that when you go to an SIV and you do the frontals and all that, it's hands up. But here's the interesting part. They said that when you're flying fast, which you which someone would be on speed bar, that the frontal is a completely different creature and yes. that you don't go hands up, that you need to pump brake to get out yes. of that. Yes, this yeah. the first one that I did was a okay, uh, I'm just curious if that was right or not. Well, the first one I did was a, uh, a brake stall. So I pulled I wrapped brake and I pulled down until it stalled. So I was going really slow in that one. Um, uh, uh, frontal, and I think that would totally right. matter. You know what rated wing you were flying, wouldn't it? This is a yeah. yeah. That's a huge. That's yeah. a huge I'm deal. Sure that's true. And yeah. this is a this is a B wing. Um, actually, it's more more intermittent. Uh, it's a high. It's a high B. It's really carvy. It's much different than my Roadster, which is also a B. And what I was doing was I was pulling brake. I wanted to see what you know how how long it took to stall. It took everything I had. Uh, and, and three line wraps around my hand, and I had to push down to where my, my arms were shaking to make this thing stall. So I'm not afraid okay. of pulling too much brake and, and it stalling because there's just no way. It's, you, you just have to put too much energy into it uh, to make it stall. Um, the other one I did was I was flying normal, and I think the trims were in, so I think I was flying about 25 miles an hour. When I grabbed all the A's and I pulled, that's when I did my frontal collapse and I let go of them and immediately it, went, it opened up. So I didn't have any problems with that either. I didn't do any beeline stalls because I already know from my Roadster, it takes so much effort to pull the beelines and to make it stall. Um, um, I did an asymmetric where I pulled um, all the A's on the right-hand side and yanked them down, and so I had a 50% collapse, and the darn wing flies like a champion. I mean, it, it barely yep. moved. Actually, um, I have a video. Now, this is no exaggeration. It's the, I have a video of it. I'm literally in a 50% deflation, turning, weight shifting, and with the inside hand that I'm, um, I'm steering with, I look up and go, oh, my camera's not angled right. And I adjust it while the wing is deflated. <laughs> this is like the second <laughs> or third um, maneuver that I'm doing. I'm already, at, while I'm in deflation, adjusting cameras with one hand. <laughs> like I noticed it. I didn't realize I did it at the time, but I was watching. I was like, yeah, you're an idiot. Like, why are you, why are you messing with the camera? Because you want to make sure you get your face. I mean, it was ridiculous. But, but for that, also too, you felt safe, even though that this is the first yeah. time that you pulled a fifty percent collapse. You know, it was not a scary thing. I mean, half your wing was not flying, and you were still able to fly straight by just doing a slight weight shift. So, I will say the 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 coming up to actually pulling your lines is as nerve wracking as it can be. 
Like you're not supposed to reach up and grab anything and pull anything. Like right. you're not supposed to. So your nerves are kind of shot. Um, at least for me, I actually have three. I have two A lines on one riser section and then a single A line. And when I first reached up, I only grabbed the first two, and I pulled, and nothing really happened. I mean, I had a little bit of little whatever, and then um, the teacher was like, "Hey, you need to grab all three. I was like, "I didn't. I did. Oh, there is three. Okay, great. It was just me being nervous, and I pulled that third one, and I again, I felt nothing. I felt no drop, no chaoticness. It was, it was when I didn't use enough." opposite break that I ended up in a spiral and you go from being calm cool and collective to in a g4 spiral in a hurry it was shocking to me how quickly if you don't use the opposite break how quickly you will end up in a full-on g4 spin but you just let go of that line you wait for the surge you hands up until the surge and then you're good to go back to the question that was asked earlier about speed bar and frontals, um, I think the speed bar, it, it, it collapses quicker, more violently, but not like night and day. It's, it's, it's barely noticeably different, but the recovery, if you don't let your foot off that speed bar and you try to recover, it's harsh because I did it the very first time. I did not take off the speed bar. Because as Sean knows, first thing I do when uh, my wing doesn't do what I wanted to do, it my feet go out <laughs> when you're supposed to have them tucked in. That's all I heard all day long. Cup or tucking tuck your feet, tucking your feet, tucking your feet. Nope. As soon as my wing went out, I'm like feet out, feet out, feet out. That's I still do it when I fly. I mean, that's just what I do. It's just a I don't know a, a nervous reaction, but. Uh, uh the the speed bar frontals as soon as he said hands up and i let go the wing opened up so i was i was pleased very very pleased with my wing and how it reacted to what i would consider chaos because when you're pulling on wing or on strings and the wing does not do what it's designed to do and it recovers quickly i'm happy with it mm -hmm. Sounds like you've gained a lot of confidence from uh, this SRV. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to say a lot. I have one more day. Um, between Sean and I, it was a very small class. We got five toes. You would not, and Sean said this to me earlier, and Sean, you are, I'm going to tell you right now, you are 100% correct. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me put this on record, and I'm going to play this back live. What that needs to be a soundbite. For that needs to be a soundbite. Make that a soundbite. Uh, sound sound Sean, you are 100 percent correct. Beep. Sean, you're 100 percent correct. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shane. Go ahead and, and say that again. You wouldn't think. You would not think that that just bringing your wing up and and having a boat pull you in the air is is hard um I, I there's some of the video that i have um where we're kiting for I, i've kited the one wing for 50 seconds before i took off in the air and you're fighting the wing you're you're wearing first of all it's 94 degrees actual 94 degrees plus a heat index it feels like 100 and something you're wearing you're wearing a life jacket 
on in this heat. So it is you're, you you got a you got a um harness on you that's not letting the air in the back of you and a you're helmet. just sweating. I actually said to you after the second tow, I was like, Why are you sweating so much? I hadn't even taken off yet. I'm already talking smack. <laughs> I didn't even get off the ground. I didn't get off the ground yet. And I'm just covered in sweat. As soon as I put the life jacket on, it just holds in all the heat. I was like, oh, my God. So then you're kiting, and then you take off. You got adrenaline. You got just nerves. You got um, the heat. It, it's crazy. I didn't realize just, just how dramatic – I thought, oh, actually, I should say Sean was, I thought Sean was being dramatic. And I was like, okay, I'm not that out of shape. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, after the third one, I was just like, holy crap, I'm done for the day. Like, it was exhausted. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, when you get up there in the air, it, you get up to 4,000 feet, it feels great. It feels great. But then you come down in a hurry to, into the heat, and then you land and do it again. And you don't really get... Um, I don't want to say we didn't get a break, but you don't get a long enough break in between toes with two people. I think if the class was of four people, we would have been perfect because three people, three toes would have went, then your turn. Three toes would have went, then your turn. To save time, we did two toes in a row, which is exhausting. Yes. And the other thing is at the um, end of I'd say by toe, the end of toe three, going into four and five, the winds were brutal. They were high. I've never even, um, I've never even thought about pulling out my wing and kiting. And here I am hooked to a boat and they're like, okay, pull the (laughs) wing up. And honestly, I mean, I I got, I got tossed and almost put into the water, drug into the water with my wing. Um, I actually got, I actually had that wing up in the air and it got a little sideways on me. And next thing I know, I was on all fours. And now my wrist right now is twice the size of the other one. And uh, yeah, it was, I hit the ground twice. And I said on the third time, I said, I said, if I hit the ground third time, I'm done for the day. I'm done. Like, because I was told never to kite in this kind of wind. It was, Sean, what would you say the winds were? Um, Nine, 10 miles an hour. No, it's way worse than that. No, yeah, that's perfect for kite. Yeah. No, yeah, it was not, it was, nine it was not that bad. Yeah, it was about nine ten. My watch said it was seven to eight, but <sighs> um, it felt a little bit more. Maybe about nine ten. I have taken off plenty of times at seven eight mile an hour on the beach. This was not seven eight. This was in the teens. Okay, well we I'm can still we can. Proud of you, Shane. I'm still proud. Hey guys, I'm in a tornado watch right now, and uh, it's raining cats and dogs outside. I'm in the outer band of a hurricane. (laughs) But but you're welcome. Yeah, Nick from the uh, chat was talking about having his metal and screws removed from his leg after three years, and I wanted to share a picture if I can figure out how to share again here. As my leg. All right, so. September 17th, that long screw at the bottom, three-inch mm-hmm. one that goes between the fibula and tibula is coming out. And after that, I can run. The other the other plate and five screws are probably going to stay in until, I don't know, at least a year in. You can tell all the girls that, right? <laughs> anyway, he, was, he, was, he said he just had a bunch of plates and screws removed. And uh, anyway, there You're it like, is, man. Talk to me. Talk to me. 
Oh, you be safe, Brian. Oh, I'll be flying in less than a month. No, I'm talking about the tornado watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're, hopefully. <laughs> hey. It's okay. It'll just blow you over to the endless foot drag. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, I get get my wing out and ride it out, man. Just ride it out. <laughs> yeah, Tommy and I are not afraid of uh, gust fronts anymore after flying through our gust front. It was a fun trip. <laughs> it, was. it was an it interesting was trip. Um, but, so also, uh, I'll. I'll I was going to say with the whole, uh, you know, he is asking the question about the speed bar and stuff. I've watched guys that are on Xenos for SIVs, just wondering what that type of wing would do. It's completely different what they're doing from what they're saying they're doing. I mean, hands up is what I'm always told on my glider. If you go hands up on one of those, you know, high D's competition wings, it is a lot different from what I can see. It looks like they're moving a lot. Yeah, you end up in a frontal, or, or you'll that wing will shoot forward, and you'll uh, be looking down at the at the water, going, "Oh, we're free falling," and my wing just passed me. <laughs> yeah, those like mm. like I'm on an A wing, which isn't apparently to the SIB school that I just went to. They don't, they're not big fans of the Link Two, because um, they say that. Like the company that makes my wing says it's an A wing, but it's really a spicy B wing. I don't understand. I'm new to this. Like I, I just went to school in November, so um, they they think that the wing is a little bit more risky. And actually, tried to talk me out of not flying it and flying one of their wings. And I, and the whole reason of doing the class was to learn how to control my wing and what what the abilities of my wing is so i use my wing i really didn't have any issues um it recovered and did what it's supposed to i mean i'm still here if it didn't <laughs> there was there, there was one <laughs> there was one situation where i was told to throw a reserve and i didn't um i was in the middle of trying to work the wing out it completely folded up under itself in, in a full frontal and uh I got the wing open back up and and uh, flew off and landed. That, truthfully, was less dramatic than that speed bar. Actually, no, I take it back. The uh, what did I do? Which one was it that I ended up in a like a spin crazy thing? Oh my god! I didn't I know. know. Was, that, was that your was that your frontal? Yeah, I had. A, I think it was the frontal with the. So I, where I got in trouble with the, with the uh, reserve thing was the speed bar with the frontal. But I didn't really feel that was as bad as just a full frontal without the speed bar. I it's don't know if it, It's amazing how these wings, they just want to fly no matter how you, yeah. you, you do something stupid to them or there's collapse. I mean, can you imagine flying and uh, taking the 50% 50, 50 um, collapse would you well, you'd look up and go 50% claps? Oh, I'll just pump that one out, no big deal. Mm -hmm. Now it's like no big deal. Um, but before Great. you do this, you know, you think of a 50% collapse, and you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna go down and die. Now it's like 50% collapse. Oh, I just pump it out. There we go, we're good. 
And, and you don't even think about it. Glad ratio just a little bit. That's all. It, it, it does just yeah. a little bit, and you know that it's going to spin just a little bit towards towards the uh, collapse. So if I grab up and I grab um, all of my uh, A's on the right, and I pull it all the way down, fifty percent of my wing is gone, and now it's going to turn slightly this way. And all I have to do is weight shift towards the inflated side and it goes straight. There's there's just nothing. I mean, after doing these SIV courses, I'm not afraid of flying in some bumpy wind. I'm not afraid, uh, afraid of collapses. Matter of fact, I still have not flown in a wind with rotor or bump that collapsed even a little bit of the tip. So, I've, never, I've never as much as had a little flicker of my tips and here right. I am doing doing full frontals at the SIV. And I I I get that probably every third flight I lose about 30% of one side because of where I'm flying where I'm having to take off. Just lean to the other side. You'll be fine. Well, that's yeah. all I can. I'm it's usually like, turning. Like... I'm in a hundred and eighty degree turn when it happens. And it's yeah. got to where I don't even pay any attention to it anymore. So I actually I actually have to go back um, I have paid for another day because I was supposed to do two days, but I physically and mentally was just beat after the first day. So I'm actually going to, I'm, I've talked to, um, the teacher today and we're going to set something up where he's going to have two other guys. And then I'm going to show up to be the third guy and, uh, go do my second day where I plan to, I'm just like Sean at this point. Now I know just go up there and just start pulling lines. Some of the videos I have, like he tells you to pull your A's and I stop. Let me get up. So I stop about here on my first one on my last one. You can't even see my hand. I, I pull the A's so far down that you can't even see them in the frame. Cause I'm just like, okay. I know as soon as I let go, it's going to pop back open. And it does every time. What was, that, what was that maneuver I did where I got into that riser twist? Do you remember? I think it was a stall. Was it? Yeah, because he was, it was very, it was like almost the very first thing that you did. So it must, and have, I been, thought, it must have been the brake stall then. Or, yeah, cause I, yeah okay. it was. Because you were, it was on, he asked you to get one, if not two wraps. I think you got two wraps on I it. I got and three then, wraps on it. On this, on whatever it was, and then you got the riser twist, and I was thinking to myself, hey, yeah, that's not for me. I'm not falling out of the sky like that. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't face down in a spiral. This was coming down in a seated position. It was controlled looking, but it was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that, was my, I mean, that was my first riser twist ever. Yeah, I think now I would, I would be okay with doing it. Like, as a person who has never taken off, and never had as much as a wingtip deflation to see that. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen to me. I'm not, that's a no. But now, now the confidence of knowing what my wing is going to do, I would totally, I'd totally go up there and do that full stall. No problem. It is going to be chaotic when you come out of it, it will totally be chaotic, but you just look up at your wing. If it shoots forward, you know, to break, if it shoots back, you know, the hands up. That's all it is. That's as simple as I can explain it. If your wing shoots forward, break the shit out of it. I'm sorry. And then when it comes back, just hands up. That's it. That's all you have to do. Brian, is that your first flight? 
Yeah, man, you were talking about first flights earlier. It took me two weeks after my training at Aviator. This was Christmas Day 2019, my first flight at home. I noticed there's no hay bales. You're, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's wide open, man. Runway in the front yard. <laughs> Step back, take some deep breaths. So... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just playing some in the background. Shane, uh, whenever did you uh, did you get comfortable with how far forward you like doing the uh, the dolphin porpoises or whatever? So that's my thing. Yeah, that's my thing. Now I think I'm pushed them to even more aggressive face down, if you will. Uh, let the allow the wing to go more um, under me. Not not. I don't know how to explain this. It takes so much for that wing to collapse. And when it does, it's, it just takes the smallest amount of little and it opens back up. Dude, so, you went right towards those uh, trees and <laughs> yeah, and that, it, it, that was a lot, yeah, I was a lot further away from those than it looks like. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, that wing. I absolutely love doing the porpoise thing. I love that free fall little feeling, the little like roller coaster thing. So next next time when you're up there, Shane, try try the whip stalls. You know, instead, you know, have your uh, your motor on idle and pull until it um, slows slows down, let go, and then you hit, hit that big surge. And then when you come back up, pull the uh, brakes, and then you do another whip. I mean, at at one point you're going to be looking straight down, uh, pretty I much do, like what you're doing with your motor. Yeah, because I do that now. I I literally will even kick my feet up to kind of give that little swing. And then I killed like I don't I just fully take off the throttle from full throttle to no throttle, and I don't check the wing. I just let it fly forward and then come down and boom. Go, your your That's face so is all wet. What is wrong with you? Anyways, I am out of here, guys. I uh I got a well, I got a dog apparently once out. He just got a mouthful of water and then walked over here dripping like, hey, let me put my head in your lap. Get out of here, dude. We ain't got time for that. My dogs are bugging me right now, too. What the heck? Ain't nobody got time for that. I heard that. Listen, I didn't want to be on here this long, but I did, and I'm glad I did because it's been helpful. But uh, I will see you guys next Monday. Thank you for everything. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next Monday. Love you, Shane. Have Have an awesome day. Peace out, Shane. I guess. Thanks for jumping on, man. Yep, no worries. Night. All right. So guys my fine feathered friends as long as you want to be on here you're more than welcome to i think i need to go to 99 myself yeah Uh i'm out myself Uh, i'm about to share share my bear story before y'all peace out okay all right let's see the bear i'm I'm bow hunting on the ground in colorado for help this guy's walking up on me when was this that's about a year ago. Oh, or two years ago. Let me back up just a little bit more. Like, you're brave. There we go. Well, he's got a bow in his um, hand, so at least he's able to protect himself. Oh, I had a pistol in my hand, too, at that point. <laughs> yeah, I had two bear experiences that day. Pretty cool day, man. No doubt. Yeah. I can tell you a lot of bear free. stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't bear to see this. Oh, they used to be an absolute (laughs) nuisance at my house in northern Wisconsin.
Yeah, I bet. We don't have any bears in Alabama, thank goodness, for the most part. Well, I'm in Alabama now, and I ain't seen none except Bear Bryant and his pictures uh -oh. everywhere. <laughs> what part of Alabama are you in? I'm in Hunt, uh, just outside of Huntsville. Okay, my brother lives up that way. I'm down there around the, near Dothan. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Um, we're going to go ahead and stop the live stream real quick, but you guys can stay on the after party. Don't go nowhere. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and kill the uh, live stream. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for listening yeah. to PPG Grandpa's Perimeter right. Podcast, aka ClearPropTV.com. Also, if you want to listen to us, make sure that you. Linda uh, wants to say something. To, I have what's to say that? Can we all just send prayers up for James Orrick? Orrick. He is uh, he's a paraglider in um, Arizona and um, his um, he crashed in the Nevada desert somewhere. Did and they right find him now, yet? They're, they're doing a search. They're still they haven't found him yet? And they haven't found him yet. So, mm. but you know, prayers up because, you know, they're all my family mm. and uh, hope, hopefully, you know, he's going to be okay. Um, he went missing on Saturday. So, oh, man. Um, you, I, I think I, I tagged you guys. So you yeah, can. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've seen those. You can follow it. Yeah. I, I think he probably just landed out so far and he doesn't have signal. Um, you know, praying uh, that he's definitely okay. I mean, I, I hope that's the case. You know what I mean? Because, um, yeah, let's see. I, I, I'm on here real quick. Yeah, Bradley. Bradley, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Gun. G-U-N-N-U-S-C-I-O. He's friends with Robert, but um, he's the one that posted on, on Facebook. So, um, yeah, so I, I think I tagged you guys or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I've been watching Facebook and I haven't seen any updates yet. But just, you know, prayers up. I hope you'll be okay. So. For sure. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, definitely sending prayers to him, sending prayers to everyone out there that flies. Uh, definitely be safe, everyone out there. And once again, thank you very much for listening to our podcast and uh, have a great day. We'll be back uh, next week at the same time, about seven o'clock central, eight o'clock Eastern on Clear Prop TV. Have a great evening. Peace out, everyone. Right. Thanks for watching. See you later. Peace. All right. Well, that was very nice. I was definitely going to let you guys talk or something. I was, I always say, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? You know, so I wasn't oh. going to kill it without letting you guys talk. I but think Linda was having a hard time getting through a couple of times. I'm not sure her audio was as loud as ours. Hers is not. Hers is really soft. She's always worried that she's loud, but she's not. <laughs> yeah. Only when the dogs bark. Only when the dogs bark. Yeah, only when Amazon showed up right in the middle of the show. Yes. <laughs>